Welcome to a Swifty Snapshot Podcast. Hi, I'm Silver. This is a Taylor Swift podcast about her songs. From her debut album, to her ninth studio album, to her re-records, Taylor's version, and beyond. Each episode will go through an individual Taylor Swift song, include guest appearances from fellow Swifties, and touch on current Taylor news or Easter eggs. Jump then fall with lifelong Swifty Silver as she shakes it off, occasionally does something bad, and becomes even more enchanted with Blondie. Are you ready for it? Welcome to a Swifty Snapshot. Hi, I'm Silver. Today we will be discussing track number 12 from Taylor Swift's debut album, I'm Only Me When I'm With You. This is the first of the three songs that were additions to the deluxe version of the album. This song was released on the deluxe album version of Taylor Swift on November 6, 2007. It was written by Taylor Swift, Robert Ellis Orell, and Angelo Petraglia. Taylor wrote it when she was 13 years old. It was written about her and her best friend, Abigail Anderson. The music video was released on March 18th, 2008, and it features Abigail and other members of Taylor's friends and family. It's shot in a home video film style. Nothing overly professional about it. Just a lot of behind the scenes from Taylor's life with her friends and family. This is the second inclusion of Abigail in her music videos, the first being Picture to Burn. She makes a cameo. But fun fact, both the music video for I'm Only Me When I'm With You and Picture to Burn were released on the same day, March 18th, 2008. So our introduction to Abigail in these two different contexts actually just happened at the same time. She performed this song as a part of her surprise songs set on the Reputation Stadium tour in Melbourne, Australia on October 26th, 2018. When she spoke about the song prior to performing it, she said that there were many in the audience that wouldn't have been born when she wrote the song and therefore it's okay if not many people knew the words slash lyrics. Taylor, we are nothing if not dedicated to learning those lyrics. She performed the song acoustically and it was met with great reception from the audience there that night. What I would have given to have seen this song performed live. Let's get into it. Track number 12, I'm Only Me When I'm With You. The song begins with a rhythmic guitar upbeat intro, such a bop, perfect for cranking the volume up while driving in your car and car dancing along with it. Verse 1, Friday Night Beneath the Stars. The Beneath the Stars line reminds me a lot of the Georgia Stars line from Tim McGraw or the Stars That Shined line from Mary's song. Taylor, as we mentioned in the Mary's song episode of this podcast, loves a night sky lyric. And she sets the setting again, this weekend night, lying beneath the stars, moving on to the second line of the verse, in a field behind your yard. 
If you recall the podcast episode about Mary's song, I painted the picture of Mary and her partner who I named Tom having a field behind their houses that they would lie in and look up at the stars. And this lyric to me just adds to the imagery that Taylor uses in this first album. There are a lot of common themes and threads that are woven between these 14 songs from the album. And this is another one. You and I are painting pictures in the sky. Painting as a descriptor, as an action, is a very common theme in Taylor's lyrics. I went through and counted all of the times that she uses painting in similar contexts in her lyrics, and she uses it in a total of 10 songs. Coney Island, The One, Peace, Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince, Paper Rings, Dancing with Our Hands Tied, Dear John, Cold as You, Everything Has Changed, and then of course, I'm Only Me When I'm With You. Painting will come up again. I can guarantee it. (laughs) And sometimes we don't say a thing, just listen to the crickets sing. This reminds me of the lyric about turning up creek beds in Mary's song. Forgive all the comparisons to that specific song, but this is what we do here. We make those connections and we discuss them. Everything I need is right here by my side. Now this lyric, this final lyric in verse one, brought me straight into a place in this world and the lyric, could you tell me what more do I need? She finishes the first verse with a contented nature. This whole song speaks to contentedness, speaks to a love of her environment, a love of her people, a love of her chosen family. But this right here is solidifying what we are in for with I'm only me when I'm with you. Then we get our first pre-chorus and I know everything about you. I don't want to live without you. This family love that comes up again and again in this song. And I don't mean just biological family love, because as we all know, that's not always a reality for people in this world. I mean, chosen family love, this acceptance of somebody into your life to love them in this manner and vice versa. That's what she's referring to here. I know everything about you. I don't want to live without you. These are our people. These are our teammates in life. These are our chosen family members. Then we get our first chorus. I'm only up when you're not down. Don't want to fly if you're still on the ground. It's like no matter what I do. Well, you drive me crazy half the time. The other half, I'm only trying to let you know that what I feel is true. And I'm only me when I'm with you. We get our first title lyric. This chorus really showcases the side of Taylor that is the empath, that is the highly sensitive person. And I mean that in the most complimentary of manners. Taylor shows us time and time again in her lyrics, either by inviting us into the emotional depths or by showing us her emotional depths, how much she feels how much she feels within herself, but then also how much she feels in relation to the people and the world around her. And this chorus is a prime example of her range. There's a solidarity theme that is going along with this chorus. If you're in it, I'm in it. There's a reciprocation that is also woven throughout the lyrics in this chorus. 
what Taylor is describing is not just how she is feeling about her chosen family, but it's also about how they feel about her. The reciprocation. That's what it means to have these types of relationships. It's a beautiful dedication and a beautiful peek behind the curtain to the people that support her and that she has in her life that she trusts. Because we all know that there have been people that have not done that. So when I hear Taylor talk about her people in this manner, it makes me so grateful on her behalf almost that she has these people in her life that will protect and love and pour into her no matter what. Let's move on. Verse two, just a small town boy and girl. We get the country upbringing setting reference. And I have to wonder, is this boy and girl that she's referring to, is it her and even potentially her brother, Austin? Or is it a romantic setting and discussing a high school love setting and therefore tying into other songs on this album, such as Tim McGraw or our song? I feel like it could almost go both ways. This is more of an open interpretation to what she's referring to in this first line of the second verse. Living in a crazy world, trying to figure out what is and isn't true. We already saw one instance of this in the first chorus, but Taylor invented a new word here. Trina, T-R-Y-N-A. We all know she has her own vocabulary and grammar rules, and now she has her own dictionary. Uh, Swiftionary. Does that work? Swiftonary? It's a work in progress, I think. And I don't try to hide my tears, my secrets, or my deepest fears. Through it all, nobody gets me like you do. We're leading up to the end of this song, and we'll discuss it in the future here. But here we have a tease, that ability to only be herself around these close friends and family. As much as she shares so much of her life with us fans and does bring us to those raw emotional points in her life, there is a side of her that only a few see, as it should be, as is very much her right and is also healthy. But right now she's talking to these people and saying, thank you. Thank you for letting me just be tearful, have my secrets, have my fears. And you get it. As I said before, this song is a dedication to these people in her life. We continue on with the second pre-chorus. And you know everything about me. You say that you can't live without me. Contrasting the first pre-chorus, it is a role reversal. In the first pre-chorus, she is talking to her friends and family. In the second pre-chorus, she is giving the point of view of her friends and family towards herself. That's that reciprocation that we already discussed. She shows it from both sides. She shows the healthy give and take of these dynamics. We get the second chorus, which is identical to the first. And then we get the bridge. When I'm with anybody else, it's so hard to be myself and only you can tell. This has strains of the outside, except for in the outside, nobody was seeing her. And that's why she felt like an outsider. Whereas in I'm only me when I'm with you, she has her people seeing her and she makes sure to mention it and emphasize it. Then we get our third and final chorus and it's a lead in from the bridge that I'm only up when you're not down. Don't want to fly if you're still on the ground. It's like no matter what I do. Well, you drive me crazy half the time. The other half, I'm only trying to let you know that what I feel is true. And then 
the end of the final chorus leads into the outro. And I'm only me who I want to be. That line right there. This is what this whole song has been building up to. Who I want to be. Taylor says, this is my truest self. This is the rawest version of me. This is my aspired form I wish to take. Who I want to be. She paints all these pictures through all of the preceding lyrics to lead to this one line. Who I want to be. And she finishes with, well, I'm only me when I'm with you, with you, oh yeah. The juxtaposition of me and you, how the two are not exclusive of each other, but rather completely balanced within each other, that is such a powerful use of these words in this song. And it finishes off the message of this song, which this song doesn't have a hidden message, but the overarching message is that balance between me and you and what that means in Taylor's life with her friends and family. It really punches out. The music really punches at the end, which is something that we've seen before in Should Have Said No at the end and then finishes with a oh yeah. I personally love, 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 love this song. I would almost go so far to say that this is my favorite song on the Taylor Swift album. Oh my goodness. And I don't, I don't think that's a popular choice, to be honest. When I go through my debut album, Taylor Swift recap episode, I will rank the songs according to my favorites. But I, spoiler alert, do believe this will take number one for me. So stay tuned for more to be said about that. But that's what it means to me, individual meaning. Not only is it a bop, an incredible tune to jam out to, if you will, But the message is just truly beautiful. It's truly embracing the kind of life that I think most of us want to have those chosen family and friends in our lives that see us for who we are, love us no matter what, and that we can pour this kind of love back and forth into each other. Let's talk Taylor's trends. This is the part of a Swifty snapshot where we highlight specific trends that Taylor uses in her lyrics. We have six potential trends to assign to the lyrics. We have the weather trend, the colors trend, the calendar trend, the time of day trend, the style trend, and the literary trend. Let's see what trends Taylor uses in this song. Let's talk Taylor's trends. We started the entire song with a calendar trend. Friday night beneath the stars. Something else to add to the weekday calendar, something to kick off the weekend, finish off the week with our calendar trend. I kept thinking that there was a colors trend in this song, I think due to the painting lyric, but there isn't. Just feels like there is. Just one lonely trend, but we'll take it. This week's version of Taylor. Join me every week to discuss breaking Taylor news, whether that's spottings, Easter eggs, social media presence, or general Taylor news. Let's see what she's been up to this week. Taylor news. Lots to go through again this week, so let's get into it. First, Taylor Swift was mentioned in the movie Three Months, starring Troy Sivan. Here comes the reason for the explicit warning on the podcast. 
It was said in a line, quote, fuck you for making me like Taylor Swift, end quote. Troy actually texted Taylor Swift about her mention in the film and said, I texted her because I didn't want to piss her off or anything, and she loved it and laughed, and so it was all good. Let me know if you've seen the film and if you caught the Taylor Swift reference. Second, Taylor was nominated for, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, but bear with me, Artista Odeon Internacional at the 2022 Premios Odeon. I feel like that was embarrassing to say due to my mispronunciation. The Odeon Awards are a celebration of Spanish music. You can vote for Taylor until March 15th, at which time there is a virtual ceremony on Twitch that you can watch live. We're rooting for you, Taylor, and congrats on the nomination. Next, the Providence Friars or PC Friars basketball team (laughs) invited Taylor to their next game with a billboard that said at Taylor Swift 13 dunk Saturday dot 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 you win question mark. (laughs) that would have been this previous Saturday that they were inviting her to. And to the best of my knowledge, she did not attend. But what a cute attempt at reaching out to Taylor Swift. Rolling Stone named Taylor Swift as the artist who should headline the Super Bowl halftime show. Can you even imagine? I just had this image of all of these Swifties going to the Super Bowl (laughs) and not caring the least about football at all, just going to see Taylor. Like it actually would happen that way. I really feel like the Swifties would just take over the audience. Maybe I'm underestimating football fans, but I don't know. Swifty fans can be right up there. I do believe this to be true. So (laughs) maybe that's reason why they wouldn't, but I... (laughs) But if they do, you know your girl is going to have to go. Never thought I would be one to go to a Super Bowl game. But uh, if Taylor Swift is headlining the halftime show, got to be there. Just have to. Next on Taylor News, Michael Buble in his I'll Never Not Love You music video, which was released this past week, had a all too well the short film inspiration moment slash scene in his music video. It was the scene from the end of the short film where Taylor is sitting at her desk as the adult version of herself and then walks out to her book reading and Dylan O'Brien's character is standing outside in the snow with the scarf and watching the reading take place and then walks away. Basically recreated that scene in Michael Bublé's music video. Michael Bublé being the one outside the window with the scarf who then walks away. Next, the International Federation of the Phonographic Industry, or IFPI, which is much less of a mouthful to say, released their charts. So Taylor was number two on the global artist chart. She was number one for best-selling solo artist and number one for best-selling female artist. Congrats, Taylor. Not the first time that she's been at the top or at those ranks on those charts. Continuing on, Wildest Dreams, Taylor's version, was featured on Big Brother Brazil. 
And rounding out the Taylor news this week is a personal story. This past weekend, I attended a Candlelight Concerts event featuring Taylor Swift music. It was a string quartet, two violins, a viola, and a cello, and they covered Taylor Swift songs. Think if you all remember the Wildest Dreams strings cover in the Bridgerton television series, think that, but for more than just that song. Although they did do Wildest Dreams. I think my favorite ones that they covered were Enchanted and I Knew You Were Trouble. And it was all done in a candlelight setting in an old church. And these types of concerts are throughout the entire world. So check your local city, check your local city events, because there may be an opportunity for you to attend one of these in the future. That's all for this week's version of Taylor, Taylor's Trends, and I'm Only Me When I'm With You. Next week, we will be covering track number 13, Invisible. Don't forget to follow and subscribe on all the platforms so you don't miss any content or episodes. And on that note, come back, be there. <laughs>